This is One North Stories. Our goal here is quite simple. We provide hyper-local, brand-based storytelling at the intersection of science, technology, and business here in Singapore with a global perspective. We are starting with a launch series focused on technology startups and then plan to take the podcast broader, telling our stories, your stories, about the Singapore deep tech ecosystem. Whether you work as a venture capitalist on Sand Hill Road or in Southeast Asia, already doing R&D in Singapore, or perhaps a student dreaming big about technology, or someone in between. Join us to learn about the exciting technology being developed in our labs in Singapore, their translation journeys to market, and the inspirational people coming together to make yesterday's dream reality. If you have future episode ideas, segment ideas, or want to partner with us on this exciting journey, please get in touch. Our contact details are in the show notes. These are our stories. We hope they inspire you to create your own. And now, on to the show. Let's think more deeply about the business model. Let's think more deeply about the science, what needs to get done before we can spin off into a company. And we have our regular Tuesday evening meetings for a period of time. And we did have a couple of months and said, okay, it's time that we register a company. Our goal and our mission right now is to discover and develop uh, TCR-based therapeutics against solid tumors. I told my team that if one day we get to dose the first patient, you know, that day I will have tears in my eyes. Our wet lab guys are sitting side by side with the machine learning, where whatever the wet lab produced, they feed into our database. Machine learning guys do the predictive algorithm and they go back and check with the wet lab people to do the validation. Then some of them validate and some of them don't, right? So the yeses and nos goes back into the algorithm and to make the algorithm a lot more accurate. At the end of the day, what is my goal? Our goal is to bring safe and efficacious drugs in the hands of patients as quickly as possible. Today, we have Chun on the show to share about Immunoscape. The Singapore biotech startup is building a TCR discovery platform and therapeutics pipeline with a focus on TCRs to fight solid tumors. After a career in the Singapore Armed Forces and as a pharmaceutical exec, Chun joined ASTAR in the mid-2010s. He met his co-founders, and after weekly brainstorming sessions, they decided to take the plunge, bootstrapping Immunescape starting in 2017. They were originally doing immune profiling projects for pharmaceutical companies, and doing quite well. Realizing their strengths in TCR-based therapeutics discovery, they changed their approach, building up a TCR discovery platform with a tight feedback loop between the wet chemistry and machine learning. Their ultimate goal is to bring safe, and effective drugs to patients as quickly as possible. Enjoy the interview. Hello and welcome to One North Stories. We are here today with Chun Peng, CEO, co-founder of Immunoscape. Welcome to One North Stories. Hey, hi Ruben. Thanks very much for having me on, the, on this podcast. Uh, really uh, delighted to be able to talk to you today. Okay, great. So we usually start out with our guests sharing your background, early interests in science tech, entrepreneurship, education, anything else you want to share about your yeah, prior life experiences? Good, you know, I can just uh, do a quick introduction of myself. I started in deep tech with my appointment in ASTAR as the senior director of uh, the pharmaceuticals and biologics uh, cluster uh, and uh, working at the Biomedical Research Council in ASTAR and um, 
really, that was a, a very good experience for me uh, to have a, a broad, broader perspective of uh, life sciences. That led me uh, later on to spin off the company out of A-Star. But my prior experience have been pretty much in the area of pharmaceuticals, right? You know, and and uh, started in uh, Philadelphia with a GlaxoSmithKline. You know, I was a marketing augmenting in the U.S. A market quite quite fun going to Chicago, Arizona, Alabama, and different places to promote uh, augmenting uh, at the ER and uh, with nurse practitioners at that time. And uh, later on, I joined. Johnson Johnson's uh, acquired company called Sios Inc. in Fremont, California. There I, I added international marketing, preparing a product for launch across uh, different uh, different parts of the world, you know, including Latin America, Asia. And later on, was then uh, relocated back to Singapore, holding different positions. I carried a bag uh, as a sales manager, director of sales marketing, and later on I was country manager for Janssen. For Singapore, really marketing the full range uh, of products from J and J's portfolio in pharmaceuticals. A Danish headquartered company called Leo Pharma got me over as CEO of Asia, and then thereafter I was uh, focused on dermatology. But then the geographical spread became larger, where I covered countries like Japan, Korea, China, and I set up teams in Korea, China, a hundred percent team in China that I set up with the company and then also teams in Vietnam, Indonesia, and we covered all the way to India. So, so 15 countries, I traveled a lot. During that time, I reported back to Denmark once in every two months. You know, it was crazy sometimes, you know, going on a day trip to Denmark from Singapore <laughs> is crazy. <laughs> Flying for a meeting from in the morning and fly back in the evening, you know, on a day trip <laughs> uh, after 13 hours flight. Uh, but then you know, it was really fun days. Uh, but, but really, I think after spending a lot of time in the commercial side of things, you know, that, that includes also some clinical trials, you know, in the stage four clinical trials. I felt that you know, I wanted to do something different. And then uh, going to A-Star was a real, real blessing for me because, you know, I, I, I got to learn a lot about the early stages of drug development yeah. and early signs uh, that we hope to translate. And my personal desire is to close the entire loop, right? <laughs> to, you know, marketed products that were approved by the FDA in my previous life. And now, you know, going all the way to A-Star, and uh, now with uh, the, the spawn of company Immunoscape, you know, I'm just progressing closer and closer to the clinic. And now our early, early candidates are in, in vivo studies. So, so hopefully one day, you know, to close that loop, to get it approved and marketed, that will be, you know, one of the personal uh, desire uh, of mine. Now, prior to all these, I was a combat officer in the Singapore Armed Forces. So, so that part of my career was interesting from a different aspect of things. You know, I was always adventurous and wanted to try different things. So, so that's a really uh, work experience and perspective. Okay. And then in terms of school, well, went to school here in Singapore uh, until high schools, you know, JC, we call it here, the Raffles Institution and Raffles JC. Then went to London to do my uh, econs degree under the Singapore Armed Forces Merit Scholarship. My bond till 32, holding different appointments in armor, combat appointments in armor, and also in intelligence, counterterrorism intelligence. And after 911, there was a, a key. Very key, big thing. Very big thing. And uh, I was in the midst of breaking down silos and, uh, and communicating uh, uh, updates uh, on a daily basis. So that was, uh, that was a very good experience for me. And that's all before I went to business school in the University of Michigan to, uh, to do my MBA. Did you always see yourself kind of in the medtech pharmacy space or kind of that just happened as you kind of exited business school? 
Yeah, when I exited business school, I, I felt that healthcare was was important to me. It touched my heart. You know, that was the year 2004. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do after the, you know, after a career in the army, after my MBA, like what I'm going to do, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was interviewing at different companies, you know, and uh, and somehow, you know, there was a time where Biopolis was formed, right? It was about 2000. Yes. And there was a lot of like press about like the importance, and, and, <laughs> the importance of healthcare. And I got the bug, right? And I felt that, look, you know, healthcare is important. Uh, I was going for interviews and, you know, uh, and some of the interviews, you know, were like, okay, you know, how are going to make more cigarettes and... Uh, and sell more cigarettes, right? You know, from a marketing yeah. perspective, I'm like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> so, yeah. So I got to figure out, like, you know, okay, what is it that I'm, that I'm passionate about? I think healthcare is a, it's definitely a sector. So I've, I've done different things in healthcare. It's a field that, you know, um, touches my heart because you know, you've got to help another human being. And I told my team that if one day we get to dose the first patient, you know, that day I will have tears in my eyes, you know, because that, that will be something significant in my life that we can do. Yeah. Yes. Okay, fantastic. So, so then fast forward, Immunoscape founded yeah. 2017. Yeah. Share a little bit about your founding stories. You're in ASTAR, but you're not on the technical side, you're on yeah. the director side. Yeah. And then, yeah, how, how, how did you meet your co-founders and then put together the idea for starting the company? Yeah, so definitely when you want to like do something significant, you got to figure out what are the skill sets needed, right? You know, so. So you've correctly pointed out my 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 gap <laughs> in my experience. So, so I knew I needed to look for somebody who's pretty strong in science and, and somebody that 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 can work well with. So, uh, uh, Alexandra Nadine at that time was a member of my internal review panel. When I was in A Store, I set up these various panels to look at all the A Star projects to see which are the projects that eventually can be spun off into companies what is the research on and if there is good research that can be spun off then we can double down on those i think these days they call it stdr but you know those are the early days where you know eugene gun my deputy and i you know he's got the ideas i got a hard cap helmet to go out there <laughs> to make things work and and we called it the asset review committee at that time now it's stdr and she was on the committee right so i was really impressed with her right because you know she takes time to review all the projects she gives very good you know scientific input so I sat her down and said, Al, you know, I think I've been in ASTAR for like four years, you know, or going to five, and I think I want to do something. What do you think, right? You know, I, I know I'm, I'm recruiting a new team member, right? So I think she was intrigued by the idea and said that, yeah, cool. And I said, let's go look for the best IP that we can spin off into a company. So we went our separate ways to go scan the environment. And uh, I found some ideas, came back to her. There were some issues with some of the ideas I found. <laughs> like, that scientists didn't follow the, the devils in the details. Well, I tell you, sure. I mean, there was one very interesting project, but the but the PI didn't follow the IP, so so that didn't work very well because you, you do need to have things the fundamentals sorted out. And she found our co-founders in Immunoscape and brought us together. And that was when we said, "Hey, bingo! Let's let's think more deeply about the business model. Let's think more deeply about the science. What needs to get done before we can spin off into a company?" And we have our regular Tuesday evening meetings for a period of time where we just sat down, drank beer <laughs> and talk. And we did have a couple of months and said, okay, it's time that we register a company. Okay. Um, how long did that take, let's say, from spotting the opportunity to then you know, convincing each other that, that you had the, the workings of a business? A couple of months. A couple of yeah. months? A couple of months. You know, so but, fast. Yeah. A couple right. of months, uh, but regular, right? 
you know, we got a, every meeting, every Tuesday evening meeting over beer, we'll say, this is what Chun would do, this is what Al would do, this is what Michael would do, this is what Evan would do, right? And then we'll progress and then, okay, this is what we have done. Let's yeah. how about the negotiation for the IP to be licensed into the company? Okay, Chun, you go register a company. Then uh, now we need to negotiate with, at the time, ETPL and Exploit, and yes. now it's called Enterprise. And then got the licensing deal done with ASTAR, and that's when the company started. What were the goals and missions when you guys started Immunescape? And are, are you still on the same track or? Yeah, so, so that's the important thing, right? You know, why, why do investors look for a, a strong team? It's not just the science, you know, especially, you know, if you talk to investors, yes, science is important, science must work, right? You know, then the next thing is, is, is the IP patented, right? You know, you know, is it filed properly? So why is the, the IP, IP around that particular project? I mean, that's, that's very important in the early stages of the company. But, you know, a good management team is also what, what investors typically look for. And, and for us, you know, I, I learned my lesson and it's like, okay, guys, you know, we are a founding team. Let's all contribute to the kitty. So that's how we started. First 18 months of your self-funded, right? So there's a lot of commitment, right? You yes. Empty now my piggy bank, you know, each of them, you know, everybody contributes something. And that also is how we eventually, you know, distribute the, the, the first set of shares, right? Uh, for the company. Um, and there's commitment on everybody's part, you know, to making this work. So, so when we first started, you know, uh, we knew that uh, there is ongoing farmer projects that we would do. We started out as a service company uh, where we did immune profiling projects uh, for pharma companies. We did quite a bit of that. You know, every project is called well, a couple hundred thousand dollars. You know, we got uh, revenues up, you know, into the millions, you know, um, no single digit million. That was a good start. It was a really good start. Then we got investors. <laughs> yeah. Look at what we did and they said, okay, pretty cool, right? You know, so first investor we really thought to thank the guys in the University of Tokyo Edge Capital who took a chance on us. They came to Singapore to look for technologies to invest in and they found us, did the due diligence and they invested in us, right? You know, so that was the first investors. And then the second invest set of investors were the Anzu partners from San Diego, right? So at that time, you know, we were running these service projects and doing pretty well. And then we started looking at uh, new technologies, right? said, look, other than the service projects, we could potentially also look at discovery, the therapeutics discovery. And we are pretty good at the TCR-based therapeutics discovery because we find the relevant T-cell receptors and you know, immune cells, you know, the killer T-cells are type of immune cells. We found these uh, T-cell receptors that could identify the tumor-specific antigens and have a therapeutic effect in killing these tumor cells. So, so we said, look, you know, yes, I think this particular other business model of uh, drug development could be very good for investors and shareholders as a management team. Our goal is to really give the return on investments and, and increasing shareholders' value. Uh, so that's what we did. We started, yes, with uh, a different business model, but our goal and our mission right now is to discover and develop you know, TCR-based therapeutics against solid tumors. Hi, I'm Edney. Hi, I'm Edney. So this is where we are also delivering the value that uh, that venture-backed companies uh, are expected of. Yes. Yeah. 
So are you still doing the service projects in parallel as you kind of develop this platform? And so, so at the end of the day, it's about focus as well, right? Yes. You know, and, and sometimes people will say, look, you know, you can do both or whatever. Like, I don't know, today we are doing some service projects for people, you know, who have a specific reason that we are doing these projects for. But I've told my teammates, like, look, I know you guys are coming back to me and telling me that, you know, you want to do this service project and that other, you know what, focus. So I have rejected a lot of requests <laughs> for these service projects here. Just to, to wrap up a little bit yeah. about the introduction, Immunoscape, you're no longer a tiny company anymore, kind of mid-sized startup. Nah, maybe? we're still or small. Still, still small, okay. <laughs> so how, we're just how, 35 of us, right? You're not big, okay. right? 10 of them in uh, San Diego, 25 of them in Singapore. Uh, yeah, okay. but, but I think it is a good size, you know, um, uh, allowing us to, to be very effective in terms of working our uh, platform technology. There are two parts to it. One is the TCR discovery platform. We call it the deep immunomics platform. And then the other part of it is a machine learning platform, right? That, that one day machine learning will overtake the wet lab approach in identifying these tumor-specific T-cells, right? Okay. So this is where we are well differentiated, you know, because nobody else used this approach. It's highly productive approach. We find many you know, functional T-cell receptors against solid tumor antigens and targets. So by finding many and being highly productive allows us to choose the best ones that we're going to bring into the uh, clinical trials. That's a well-differentiated platform. But more and more, you know, people are, investors are asking us, so yeah, you've got a well-differentiated platform. I get that. You know, it's validated. I get that. You know, because you find many, right? More than 100 functional T-cell receptors that can be developed into different uh, therapeutics. We get that. But how about your therapeutics? How are they differentiated into the clinic? So this is where we have another set of differentiation where all our assets you know, um, have a couple of characteristics that are different from the field. One is that you know, um, because we find so many, we can have a multi-TCR approach that uh, overcomes the tumor heterogeneity. You know, tumor is always a very different, right? Than ours. Yes. Uh, and then you know, sometimes a tumor mutate and then you have another problem called the antigen escape. We have a multi-TCR approach that we can actually have more than one of these T-cell receptors recognizing any one of these uh, antigens thereby you know, increasing the chances of uh, having good efficacy against the tumors. So that's a multi-TCR approach that's available of, because of our platform. Then the other one is that you know, we have the CDA co-expression increasing efficacy. One more thing is that you know, we are combining with, with two partnerships with a approach where we are partnering up to have a sustained durability of response to the T-cell treatment and that's through the combination with the biology. So, so we have both the differentiation in terms of platform, we have a differentiation in terms of the asset or the product that we're bringing into the clinic. So this is how we are set apart from, from the competition. Would you consider yourselves, I mean, you, you mentioned a little bit, but I just, do you draw a distinction, your platform and being a platform company or developing therapeutics and becoming a therapeutics company? Or do you kind of see that as a seamless transition? It's a seamless transition because, you know, people want to, you know, I, I, I like to use the analogy, right? They, you know, uh, so we have a sausage making machine, you know, which is our platform, right? Yes. And and for some of people who are like, you know, okay, you know, I want to see what sausages you produce, right? Are they tasty? No. Are your assets safe and efficacious? So if they are indeed, you know, safe and efficacious, then your sausage making machine is a good one, right? So so <laughs> so so people want to see both in some sense of the word, you know. But but we can tell you that we have a, a pretty well validated platform that produces uh, functional TCRs that kill tumor cells. Okay. We have tested it in vitro, we're going into in vivo. 
It all depends on the level of validation everybody needs, right? Yes. So you, you've mentioned, I mean, you have 100 plus assets that, that you found, identified. Yeah, but um, we need to funnel it down, of okay. course, right? You need to funnel it out to various stages of uh, validation. So uh, the in vitro testing, the in vivo testing, and then going to the clinic. So this is where we are right now. And our lead candidates, our lead programs are in the in vivo stage. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about like how you leverage machine learning yep. to accelerate your process, right? I assume yeah. that's a big part of your platform yeah. and yeah. selling point to investors and yeah. the potential. Yeah. So maybe as a start, compared to, let's say, pre-machine learning, how fast yeah. are you guys compared to people doing this a generation ago? I tell you, or, right, you know, it, the, the approach that we take is actually, you know, a, a, a very pragmatic one, you know. So what, when we first started the company, we, you know, we, we had just had the Red Lab approach. And uh, we, we wanted to build a machine learning capability, but we know that we need to take it a step at a time. So if we need to digitize everything. So we have actually a cloud-based platform, you know, all the data has been you know, digitized. You know, so we have a solid structure that allows us to do that. Uh, and after a few years of uh, data gathering you know, through all these various projects, right, you know, uh, uh, we have a good set of data. And this set of data is well differentiated from other sets of data. In fact, others have come to us to, to ask for access to our database. Why is it different? Well, many people have uh, data on the T-cell receptor uh, sequence and then the tumor antigen. Okay. Many have that, right? For us, we have, over and above that, we have a lot of descriptors about the T-cells, right? And, you know, it could be the transcriptomic data, you know, gene surface markers data. And so with that, more descriptors, imagine, right? You know, you say that, look, you know, I, I, I want to have an apple, right? Before I predict it's an apple, it's like, okay, red, shiny, whatever. You have more descriptors and the likelihood of you guessing that it's an apple is high, right? So we have more descriptors in our database and it's a disrupted database and it's clean data that we accumulated it over time that allows us then to practice our machine learning behind that. So we have that parallel approach. And in fact, when Amgen invested in us in you know, last year, they said, look, you know, we invested in our investment hypothesis is actually about your machine learning. Right? I said, hey, look, you know, Amgen is a big company. You, know, you guys can have your own team and whatever, right? But we, they really liked it that you know, our Red Lab guys are sitting side by side with the machine learning, where whatever the Red Lab produced, they feed into our database. Machine learning guys do the predictive algorithm and they go back and check with the Red Lab people to do the validation. Then some of them validate and some of them don't, right? So the yeses and nos goes back into the algorithm and to make the algorithm a lot more accurate. So this is where, when it's progress in parallel, right, the in-silico approach, the, the machine learning approach, you know, over one day overtake, right, the accuracy and also the productivity of the web lab. So currently, you know, we have a few of these uh, predictions validated. We are very encouraged by that. And then you will see more uh, coming our way. The accuracy is getting better as the, uh, as the database is getting bigger. Some of the silos that, that exist in the larger organizations, right? You know, you know, is broken down. But for us, you know, it's our day-to-day -day function, right? You know, where we have scientists sitting side by side and then having this kind of exchange on a daily basis. Yeah. Okay. Just curious, your machine learning guys, yeah. girls, yeah. are they like pure comp sci backgrounds, or do they kind of have like biology, computational biology yeah. backgrounds? Yeah, computational biology backgrounds, all of them have that. You know. And a funny thing when I was interviewing candidates for that was that uh, I remember it's not easy to hire in this space. <laughs> and somebody got the, I thought I got a candidate, right? You know, as an A star uh, person. And then she's like, yeah, I know I got an offer from one of the, you know, technology companies. I'm like, but, but you're a bioinformatician. Uh, and she's like, yeah, but I can do computing. You know, I can do programming and they want me for my programming skills. 
So she got hijacked with that, right? Oh. I was like, oh, what a waste, right? <laughs> How about bio-training? You know, you're not using that, right? <laughs> so, so yeah. So, but for, for all my teammates, and they are, they are all computational biologists. Yeah. Okay. Um, can you talk a little bit about your ongoing research partnerships? Like you said, you're a small team, yeah. ultimately. Yep. Can you talk us through the value you find in, let's say, partnering locally with yeah. the R&D ecosystem and also internationally? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we, we seek out the best science. First of all, we need to be very clear about our strategy, right? You know, what is it that we got to be delivering to patients eventually? So for us, it is uh, the best TCR-based therapeutics is uh, safe and efficacious. Uh, that is uh, better than those uh, in the commercial space or those in the hospitals. And it has to be better than those uh, undergoing clinical trials. So that's a high benchmark, right? You know, that you need to be better, right? Yes. So then we, can, then we figure out what are the technologies that we need to access to get us there. We have our own differentiation. We are very clear about what we bring to the table, right? You know, uh, and for us, it's the best TCR ever. And then what else, you know, um, um, what are the problems that the field is trying to solve? For example, right, you know, uh, one area is about uh, the antigen escape, right? Uh, one, another area is about the durability of response. As I told you, right, you know, the antigen escape, we have a multi-TCR approach that, you know, we are uniquely able to bring to four. The other, you know, durability of response, you know, we are doing it in partnership right, to try to overcome this. So, so we, we always look for what are the problems and what are the technologies that are needed. And we go out to the people with such technologies to, to partner and work with. One of the other issues in this space is that, you know, for some, um, autologous cell therapy is too expensive. And, and we get that, you know, we still think that the autologous TCR-based therapeutics is using technology that's here and now. We have our colleague, our head of discovery in San Diego, who has brought three or four of these cell therapies into the clinic in his previous employment, and is actually bringing our autologous T-cell therapy into the clinic, you know, in good fashion, right? But how do you solve that cost of goods challenge for patients? So. We thought about it and said, okay, you know, um, our TCRs can go into a bispecific antibody platform and that manufacturing of bispecifics is a lot cheaper. Uh, we do not have an antibody platform uh, in the company. Then we'll look for a partner that's good at doing that. And uh, for that, we found ASTAR's uh, EDDC. Spoke with the CEO, spoke with the team. They seem confident to identify the bispecific antibody construct you know, they seem to have the expertise to be able to deliver on the bispecific part of the equation. And we'll bring forth our T-cell receptor, you know, that we have identified to be good, you know, and to work with them. So that's one partnership. We have another partnership that's just announced, you know, with the company called Mink, M-I-N-K. So they have an INKT platform. They believe that our TCRs can go into the INK, the TCRs that we discover can go into INKT platform, right, you know, and that that is a allogeneic approach that's actually not restricted by the HLA and potentially they can scale a lot better with that platform. But there are other technologies, you know, that for example, the mRNA technology is interesting and hopefully that might bring our TCRs into the T-cells of the patients, you know, but there are technical challenges. But I tell my teammates, every time, right, you know, we solve a problem on the theme for patients, we increase the value of the company. Yeah. So keep doing that. And if we cannot do it ourselves, then look for others who can work with us to solve the problems. And any kind of uh, research collaboration, one plus one must be more than two. Yes. So it's a simple thing, right? You know, uh, and so, so, so it is 
using that kind of grid that we are making many of these kinds of decisions here. Okay, great. I want to talk a little bit about, let's say, intermediate or, or long-term goals. I mean, you've already shared, I mean, your dream is your technology, your therapeutics for patients for solid tumors. Yep. Would you see that, let's say, as an immunoscape branded therapy or ultimately bringing the therapeutics to the patient is, you know, beyond immunoscape and you need to ultimately sell or license your therapies? Yeah, you know, developing drugs is a very uh, long process. Uh, when I was in a pharma company, you know, and uh, we did our own internal retreat, you know, and, and one of the things we found out as a pharma company was that we are very good, you know, uh, with launches of products. And we have a global um, coverage uh, of, you know, relationships with various hospitals, with various, you know, healthcare systems. We know how to talk to the health economists, you know, we learn to how to talk to the payers. So that's a core capability of pharma companies, right? Yeah. And and now I'm running a biotech company, which is quite different. Yes. <laughs> yes. Then I look at like, you know, who are the people in my team? They're mainly scientists, right? You know, and for bringing, let's say, you know, to launch a product, you know, as you have, let's say, FDA phase three approval and you need to launch a product, you need to build a lot of capabilities in order to get to the optimum outcome in getting these safe and efficacious drugs into the hands of patients. You know, that, that, that kind of build-up requires you know, um, new capability to build and uh, you need a lot of resources to build those capabilities. You got to figure out, you know, does it make sense, right? You know, and do you have a entire portfolio of uh, products and critical mass to build up that sales team that is going to cover globally, right? Yeah. So all these things have to be taken into consideration, right? Capital, competencies, expertise, and all the others. And at the end of the day, what is my goal? Our goal is to bring safe and efficacious drugs in the hands of patients as quickly as possible. Yes. Right. If you've got the ability to do it yourself, you can get the capital and build it. You think that you can do it, go ahead. Right. If you cannot, then work with other people. Right. We are very pragmatic. Right. 35 people. <laughs> when I was working with Johnson and Johnson, a couple hundred thousand people across the world. Right. 35 and a couple hundred thousand people, very different. So, so I think you can probably get your answer there, right? You know, uh, just being very pragmatic about what, what we need to do, what resources you have to do. Them. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So usually um, I ask founders about um, scaling the company. Yep. But I think maybe it's a bit too early to, to talk about scaling per right. se. No, I think I'm scaling all the time. You think? <laughs> well, I, I, so I, I, I want yeah. to ask, I mean, yeah. okay, okay diff different ways to scale, but let's say in terms of product, I yeah. mean, Let's say you're at zero now. Yeah. What, what does it take you to then, I mean, ultimately go zero to one and then scale beyond that? Yeah. So scaling is, um, you see, back to, back to the earlier conversation about what is the fastest way you can get the research into a product in, into the hands of patients, right? Yeah. yeah. And you draw that pathway, right? You see, what is the fastest way to get there? And then that's your answer to the scaling. And very often when I go talk to investors, they'll ask, okay, how much are you raising, right? Why are you raising the funds for, right? And, and that will be a story of how I intend to scale based on the mission of trying to get these products into the hands of patients as quickly as possible. So, so I think about scaling all the time because I need to tell that story to investors. But it is with a mission in mind, that is to get the IP into a product, into the hands of uh, patients, um, so, and, and, and it all depends also on function of like, you know, resources available. 
some companies in the US raise $100 million right off the bat, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so they scale at that rate, right? But of course, when you raise that kind of money, you, you, you got to deliver that kind of milestone shift for the funds that you raise, right? So, so that I think, you know, coming from Singapore is something to, for us to consider, right? How do you scale and still be competitive? Because eventually your product has to be competitive. You, you need to be globally competitive. Yeah, globally competitive, right? You know, and so this is where we need to be smart about you know how you use your resources here. Okay. What's your let's say immediate focus then for Immunescape? Let's say in the next one two years. Yeah, immediate focus is to get our in the next one two years is actually to get into I and D. You know, first in human trials, and for us it is to deliver you know the data that's needed in vitro and in vivo that is a better than benchmark. And we have so many to test. So a lot of resources is going to be going into testing and validating that you know, we have the you know, right efficacy profile, you know, killing tumor cells are better than the benchmark. It will be right safety profile that we are actually attacking the proteins on the tumor cells and not on healthy tissues. So all these experiments are going to be done. You know, it can be done here in Singapore or in our San Diego lab. And I hope to do more. And this is where our focus will be in the next one, two years. Okay, great. Can you share some lessons from your founding story? So this is your, your first company, first entrepreneurship company, six plus years in, three of those during COVID. What's going well? What do you wish maybe could have gone a bit better? So this is not my first gig. So this is my second oh, gig. Okay, sorry. My first gig was Tombusu Healthcare. It was a distribution company. I imported allergy immunotherapy products uh, from uh, Spain and distributed in Singapore and in uh, Hong Kong and uh, sold the company last year to a regional uh, pharmaceutical company. So that was good, frees up more time and uh, gives me some resources. So that's the first gig. Uh, this is the second gig, uh, different, right? Earlier was sales and marketing and distribution of manufactured product. This company we are making we are discovering and developing products. So what are the lessons learned? Well, it is a journey and you gotta embrace different, different aspects of the journey. For me, you know, one of my co-founders was saying, you know, Jun, you know, your highs are sometimes too high, your lows are sometimes too low. You know, I get passionate about what I do, including talking to you now, Ruben. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and sometimes you just have to write it all out, you know, in the lows and you have to, you know, celebrate the highs with your team. But I think that's part of the journey and you got to enjoy the different aspects of this, this journey and embrace that. And I think that, you know, over the years, you know, there are many practical lessons that, that, that I learned about, about the, the field, you know, about, about the various dynamics, working with uh, scientists, you know, working with collaborators, working with investors, <laughs> uh, learned a lot from there. And also learned about myself, right, too. What I'm good at and what I'm not so good at. Yes. It's important what you, to know what you're not so good at <laughs> so you know where to get help. Uh, you, you know, you need to get help on some of these decisions there. Just as you pointed out, you know, I typically go to my scientists to, uh, to get them to comment on the science uh, because I, I you know, and I work with very good scientists. Um, and, and over time, I learn from them and I, I form an opinion myself. Uh, but I relate it to how eventually science must work, right? And then there are many other things other than science that also have to work for a company eventually to succeed. So very humbling uh, journey but a wonderful one of, of working closely with uh, everybody in the team. Okay, great. Fantastic. 
Yeah. Before we wrap up, anything else you want to share quickly? Well, you know, first of all, I want to thank uh, A-Star uh, for giving the opportunity uh, by developing the IP. So my greatest encouragement to scientists in A-Star and other institutions is to develop world cutting edge uh, IP. World, you know, you got to be world beating, you know, before anything happens. Right? You can't do it, me too. You got to be better. So, so it starts off with good IP. And then there will be, you know, uh, others, right, you know, who will take a chance on a journey, right? And if you think that you are ready for a journey, then take the first step forward and embrace it. Embrace the journey for the highs and the lows, you know, and, and I'm sure it'll be life enriching. Uh, you'll learn a ton. And, and again, right, humbly, you know, when people ask, you know, how are you doing? I'll always say uh, work in progress. Work in progress. Yeah. Thanks. And if someone wanted to learn more about yourself, um, Immunoscape, what's yeah. the best way to connect and find out? Yeah, reach out to me. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. You know, uh, I'm on various social media. Uh, uh, you just send me a LinkedIn message or a Facebook message and you know, uh, we connect from there. Okay, great. Well, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate your time. And with that, thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help to grow the show by sharing with a friend or colleague. Please also hit like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to look out for future episodes as we explore the intersection of science, technology, and business in Singapore together.